0: Spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack Life, Not Others is an insight into that life with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. Hey,
1: it's Steve Mittman along with Sensei Hoover. Good afternoon. And we have a special guest in studio with us today, Anthony Droz. Anthony is a Marine and a very interesting guy. Anthony uses the pain of his past to promote a message, to spread a message of hope all throughout the world to those who might be struggling. Anthony is the epitome of what this podcast, what this show, is all about. Anthony, first of all, welcome to the show. Very honored to be here. Thank you. You grew up here in the Lehigh Valley, just north of Philly, correct?
0: One hundred percent. I went to Easton High School. Uh, Two thousand six. I graduated. Now you, uh, you're all over the place, man. You're all over the world. I don't really have one of those uh, things called a house. I kind of prefer to live a little bit more of the, I guess we can use the term gypsy or nomad, you know, very popular terms these days, but I don't think the kids actually know what that means. But um, yeah, yeah, I I don't sit in one spot for too long.
1: Gentlemen, do me a favor. You don't know I'm doing this. I had this uh, planned out here, but I've got a piece of paper. For those of you listening, I've got a piece of paper in front of each of you, and I've got a pen. If you wouldn't mind grabbing that, both of you, Sensei Hoover and Anthony. His his
0: pen's a little nicer than mine. I don't know.
1: Now, here's the thing. Here's what what I'd like you to do. (laughs) One word, one word, write down what this is all about. Not the podcast. I'm talking about this, this experience, this life, this journey. What it always was, what it is, and what it always will be about. Why are we here? What's our purpose? What's this experience ultimately come down to? Give me one word.
2: You're not going to be able to read mine. (laughs) I'll just tell you. But yeah. Yeah, good luck on that one.
1: Doctor in another life.
2: (laughs) I mean, I just wrote, it's just about the experience. It's taking the experience in and then doing the best you can with it.
1: All right. Well, we do a little editing to this show every once in a while, but for the most part, we keep it real. Um, I'm not going to edit this out. You both gave me a different answer. I was going to swap cards, and I was going to have you compare notes here. I really, you shocked me, and that's okay. That's good. I really thought the word you would give me, Sensei Hoover, and the word you would give me is the four-letter word. What's that word? I'm going to say love. Love. Yeah, well, well, I really thought you'd both say that and that's okay that you didn't, but Sorry, right. you said, no, that's all right. You, <laughs> you said uh, the experience, right? And then Anthony, you said transference.
0: Yeah, I believe that everything is about transferring either what we learned or what we, what we endure, um, what we overcome. And the, basically the reason that we're here right now, um, I think that in order to, elevate your mind in order to become a better individual and in order to help humanity and to help the world. It's about transference. It's about taking something that you have experienced and passing it on to somebody else. That's the only way that we can take negatives in this life and turn them into positives is transference.
2: Yeah. And transference requires work. I mean, love requires work. It is not natural. We think it is, but it's just not, you don't wake up every morning and feel like you're loving everybody. Transference is the same thing. I think life is experiences. They're experiences throwing at you where you're blind half the time mm-hmm. and you don't know what they're going to be, good, bad or ugly or indifferent. The choice between hate and love are transferring it to taking it on. You have a choice, which, you know, with your background in the Marines is you freeze, you flee or you fight mm-hmm. and you stay in the fight. That's what the show's all about.
1: I'm going to read something here from uh, Anthony. You, you free write and you publish all this great material on uh, all your social media channels, just to give you a little bit better of an idea of what this guy is all about. Hope you don't mind, Anthony. I just grabbed something. I mean, I like it all. We could go on for weeks and weeks reading your material. But let me read this uh, on your. By the way, happy belated birthday! Thank your you. birthday was just a few weeks ago. How old are you? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. On his birthday, he said, I'm 31 today. Years of darkness, struggles and obstacles litter the past. There will surely be more. What I've learned about life is that it goes on. The sun always rises. The heart always ensures. Now check this out. We each have a choice to make when confronted with hardship. We talk about hardship all the time in this podcast. But what we do before can make it easier. And that's what we talk about preparation leading up to things, you know, this is a martial arts based podcast, but we don't get into the technical, the self-defense, the self-protection, but it's what you do prior to prepare yourself for situations like that mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And then Anthony goes on to say, lead with love. It will align you with people who care in those times. They will be your shoulder to lean on, get to know yourself In doing so, you can discover your passions and your purpose. Follow them without fail and you will never truly be lost. Above all, provide a service. We are not meant to be selfish creatures. We talk about that all the time. You know, it's tribe, faith, family, friends. Uh, This world and all things within it are deserving of our help. And then Anthony goes on to wrap it up by saying, I choose love, positivity, And compassion, I have faith that is what will be returned. So you see why, you know, I had to have him on the show. uh,
2: you know, absolutely. First of all, you know, when we talk about, when Steve and I juggle this back and forth as to who's going to be on the show, what we're going to do and all this, it's it's a lot of passion that goes into that. Mm -hmm. And then he mentioned your name and your background, military background and and martial arts. And this is a martial arts is the gateway to get into bigger subjects, bigger Mm -hmm. subject matter. If I was going to pick one word and you're going to pick one word, which we're not going to write down a piece of paper, but the martial arts has in common with military discipline. Focus. Mm-hmm. literally the word that was in my head was this discipline. discipline focus awareness all the different things those are the railroad tracks those are the railroad tracks that built my life and I'm sure a lot of yours too that keeps you on the path it's interesting it's a gift to have you on the show and I don't want to eat up and chew up all the time so why don't you talk a little bit about some things that you learned maybe from the military or from your background and where you are and where you're going on those railroad tracks
0: well, actually, this is one thing that I've been like toying around in my head lately is that I feel like all human beings are either, you either have a negative or you have a positive energy and the negative people are people that have a negative energy. I feel like they're like vampires. And they're continually sucking energy from the people who have positive energy. It doesn't mean that you have to stay negative your entire life. You don't have to stay negative your entire life. You can be transformed. You can evolve. You can be changed. But you have to be open to this word that we just talked about, transference. Yeah. You have to be open to learning from other people. So for me, recently in my life, I have a lot of people that are just always trying to take, 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 take. They want to take energy. They want to take the things that you're saying, and then they may not even want to actually change. They just want to complain and they want to hear you talk. And so for me, I'm growing to a point where I'm stopping giving people excuses. I don't want to give people excuses anymore. I don't want to be a... I don't want to be an like an enabler. Enabler, yeah. I don't right. want to be an enabler. I don't want to. I don't want to hinder somebody's growth by making them think that it's okay to be in the situation that they're in. It's not okay to be in any situation that you're in if that situation is unhappy. And so, for me, for maybe the last eight years, I would say I got out of the military in 2010. So for the last eight to nine years, I've just been on this one continually evolving path. Mm. I've gone to some amazing place. I've stayed in. I've stayed with nomadic people in Mongolia. I've done amazing experiences in New Zealand with the Maori people and learned so much about the warrior ethos um, that's something that I really try to study and I try to learn and understand is the warrior ethos because I really believe the warrior ethos is one of those things that it doesn't just apply to it doesn't just apply to military there's many different types of warriors and so along that path and trying to pursue that um, it has helped me to, Expand my mind and open my heart, and I think that the heart is the more important part. Um, I always have this saying, since I get out of the military, I always tell people, like, never in my life again, I don't want to surrender my peace. I don't want to be put into a position where I have to surrender my peace, and I'll actively avoid it if I can. Because I feel like once you go down that path, it opens the door and
2: the window for negativity to come in. Sure, unless unless you somehow own it. Again, you know, um, we talk about the the martial arts, military, and it's adversarial. They put you in situations where they want to beat you. You know, they want to get you out, mm-hmm. stamp you down, whatever. And you, you learn to crank up your brain muscles and your spiritual muscles to be able to be brave enough, have enough courage to be able to rise to the occasion. At a point, you know, when that gets to your head, all of a sudden, bang, you know, bell goes off and you got it. And it stays with you, hopefully the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly where, you know, you're coming from. You know, I'm 31, 32 years older than you. And you're on a great path. I mean, you're already exploring wisdom and seeking knowledge. And that's going to affect you in a, in a positive way. And not only that, it's contagious. It'll affect other people in a positive way. I think the difficult thing is staying on that path mm-hmm. and doing whatever you can to preserve it. I was at the doctor's yesterday. The first thing, conversation, you know, you, you try to break the ice. What do you do? Well, I'm a martial artist. Oh, he says, my son, you know, MMA, you know, he got tired of getting beat up. I said, well, that's not. That's not what I do. I mean, yeah, you get beat up, you get some bruises, but it's really not about that. He didn't mm-hmm. understand that. The way he perceived the martial arts was a totally different way of how it's helped me in my life. And I think that's where you got to gather all your experiences and kind of funnel them mm-hmm. where you see it benefiting you and other people. I'm not getting banged up. You're not banged up. You're improved and you're better for it. You're gravitating towards people that are only going to enhance you spiritually. You know, and all that good stuff in the direction you want to go.
1: Anthony, talk to us more about that warrior ethos you brought up. The average person, if they're not military, if they're not a martial artist, they're not a fighter. Say you're a dentist, you're a lawyer, whatever it is. How does the warrior ethos, how does that apply to them? What can they learn from that?
0: I think it's a lifestyle that's first and foremost. Warrior ethos isn't something that you do on Monday. It's not something that you do on Tuesday. It's not something that you, even when you step on the mat, you know, it doesn't mean that you're a warrior just because you step on the mat once a week. Um, warrior ethos and living a lifestyle of that is every day. And it's it's being able to protect the ones that you love, not because you want to hurt somebody, but because you want to protect them. It's it's being well-rounded in a manner that you can cry and you do cry when things are upsetting and when things emotionally challenge you, but then you get back up and you get on your feet and you do what you have to do. Mm. It's being able to go take your daughter shopping for her prom dress, but also you know being able to go start a fire and teach your kid how to survive in the woods. Mm. It's a well-rounded individual. If you are a warrior and if you practice warrior ethos, um, then that means that you are you are rounded and you are you are secure in your skin. I think that a lot of people, they assume that, oh, I'm a warrior just because I served for two years or four years, or I'm a warrior because I achieved the black belt. But 20 years goes by and they still think they're a warrior, but they're out of shape and they haven't done anything anymore.
1: What started you down this path? Why did you gravitate? What's your passion? What put you on this path?
0: It was starting to read a lot about the Native American cultures here in, in North America. The Native Americans drew me in right away just because of their... I think their reverence for the natural order of things and for their understanding of their place within it. Right. That really drew me in. And then to see that they also had this thing, you know, we, we like to focus so much on the on the American culture as like, a, a, <laughs> I don't know why, everything is Viking this and Spartan that. And when you do some digging about the Spartans, you'll find a lot of things you don't like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but right here in our own area, you know, if you look at how, you know, the United States, before we were even the United States based troops, but when it was the colonists, how were they able to overcome the British forces in the manner that they were? It was because they were taking and they were applying warrior tactics that they had learned from battling with the indigenous culture for so long. So, like the true warrior cultures, in my opinion, are those indigenous cultures right here, and you know that transfers down to South America, the Aztecs, the Incas, the Mayas, and then that goes down into New Zealand if you want to go that way with the Maori, uh, the Aboriginal cultures in Australia, and and the same Aboriginal cultures that are in Papua New Guinea. Um, you know, there's so many different ones, and we like to think. And this was the one thing that took me by so much surprised the more I started researching our indigenous cultures was, and it's perceived in the history books and it's perceived in the way that we teach our history to our children, that we are the most advanced and elevated culture to ever exist on this planet. And I don't really know if that's true. The indigenous cultures, they didn't have the same type of technology that we do, but they were mentally, physically, and spiritually evolved in a way that we cannot even fathom right now we are seeing a resurgence of that. It's almost like maybe we're seeing a second enlightenment happen right now with people. So back to your question, that, that is what started it. It was the Native American cultures here, um, specifically the Calusa people that are off the coast. Uh, they lived literally in the Everglades, um, which is where I lead expeditions for Outward Bound. Mm. Um, and so researching the Calusa people just really like opened up my mind. And I was like, wow, like what warriors, you know, they held Ponce de Leon off for 250 years with 1,500 men, and he brought almost 200,000 men to the shore. Um, and they were they were hitting targets with bow and arrow and spears from 200 yards away almost.
2: Well, remember, too, I mean, they the Native Americans um, didn't have metal until later. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the tip of a stone as an arrow and a tomahawk. And my background, I have Native American in me. And I have a lot of history and a lot of relics and a lot of stuff that's been left behind by my father on my father's side and a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because we're both drawn to that. But what you're saying is the same thing that we've been saying over and over. Tribal means you come back to the village. The village means that you have a couple people that grow into this particular group that have an interest, which is a like interest, which is love and care Mm -hmm. for each other. And to do that, it requires courage. Anything you say about warriorship and all that good stuff is to live it every day, but it truly requires courage to step out of your skin and to also expose who you are Mm -hmm. and not hold any of that in. When I started this whole thing and when I do meet people, right away I ask them, I said, look, what's your agenda? What do you want? And Here, I'm going to tell you what, what I want. I'm going to tell you what I'm trying to do here. And then we're on, you know, on a, on a fair plan here. And you mm-hmm. understand what we're trying to do. And like we sat down here for a few minutes. That's the fairest thing I know how to do. In this world, a lot of people approach us like a ninja. We don't know who they are. We mm-hmm. don't know what they're doing. We don't True. know what their agenda is. We don't know what the game plan is. But the village was supposed to be pure. They protected each other, they had their boundaries, and that's why, again, you had so many tribal wars, because they just had differences of opinion. But still, the village was a thing that they protected. And I think now, with the way things are in this country, we're losing that village concept. We're breaking it up, and everybody is by themselves. And nobody is collectively together. And I think that's hopefully, that is our hope, that through what we do here, we can maybe change that idea. And get people back to that village concept, that tribal concept. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're very far from that. That's, you see yeah, that that's all the time. Sure. I remember. Yeah, well, especially
2: with your experiences of where you've been and what you've seen, it's pretty cool that you have those experiences that you're bringing to us here in this little place, which is our village. It's a cool thing. And I appreciate that. That's a gift that you're bringing us.
0: Yeah. The people, I think the different cultures that I've stayed with around the world have honestly just like continually restored my faith in humanity. Yeah, um, not my faith in a specific religion, but my faith in humanity, that people have the ability, no matter how much negativity is around to endure with positivity, that no matter how much hate there is in the world, no matter how much hate we force down people's throats and their faces with the social medias and the, and the news that, love will still always just find a way to exist outside
2: of that oh absolutely Um, yeah and you know i have to share this with you because this just happened a good childhood friend of my wife's has got some bad news he's um he's 61 he's hurting real bad and um he's cancer and i don't want to say his name because it's really private matter somewhat of a private matter but this cancer is very very rare he's been struggling with it for about three or four years well anyway his son military background just like you Did a very short videotape and sent it out just to his friends, most of them who are childhood friends, and appealed to all of us not to share this on Facebook. He was talking about the same thing. I need your prayers. I don't want to put anybody under pressure to give us anything. Mm -hmm. We've got to get him to Mexico. The only treatment that could keep him alive is to take him to Mexico. And there's something about that village that happens to all of us when we have our childhood friends It's almost like it's not polluted yet. Mm -hmm. We've got a group of friends that stay in our brain for the rest of our life. Just like that, my wife sent some money. And, you know, within three days, GoFundMe collected $75,000. Wow. And he doesn't even know he's going. They're going to put him on a plane Wednesday, and then they're going to read the list of people that came together. Most of them were in that village in high school and grade school when it was still a perfect village. it's beautiful. Bam, there it is. That's love, man. That's what it's all about. And, you know, that's my experience in the dojo. I know at any given time, any one of my black belts, any one of my students, if I need them, they're there. And likewise. And that's a cool thing. And I know you have friends like that, too.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Anthony, you mentioned expeditions that you lead for Outward Bound. You want to talk about that? Tell us what that's about.
0: Yeah. So Outward Bound was started in the culmination or the ending, if you will, of of World War II. Um, Hitler was bombing British merchant marine boats. And there's this gentleman named Sir William Holt. And Sir William Holt, could not understand why the young sailors were dying at sea and the older sailors were making it back each time they would either swim or they would float back on the pieces of the ship or or they would just endure the elements out there until they were rescued but the young sailors were all dying and he had no idea why and so he enlisted the help of a man named Kurt Hahn now Kurt Hahn was actually imprisoned by Hitler because of his beliefs in empowering youth and giving them responsibility, challenge, and adversity in order to make them stronger mentally and physically. Um, So he enlisted the help of of Kurt Hahn. Kurt Hahn said, well, I got a plan. We're going to put together this school. And so they founded a school over there and it started teaching adversity and challenge. It was a regular school, but in addition to the regular curriculum of math and science and all these things, you had an additional aspect of, uh, it was compassion, craftsmanship, self-reliance. It was all blended into the regular curriculum. The problem was that Hitler really didn't like it because it was creating free thinkers and it was creating self-reliant and independent individuals. Mm. Um, So he ended up jailing Kurt Hahn. Kurt Hahn got out. From some good government contacts and things like that, and then years later, uh, they found it in 1960. They founded the first school here in the United States. I believe it was in Colorado. Um, and now, fast forward, we have like six different schools in the United States. Twenty nations around the world all have schools, and then within those nations, there's a few schools in each. The overall concept is that you give youth and you give individuals challenge and adversity, and it breeds self-reliance and self-confidence, and Back in the 50s, Kurt Hahn made a whole list of things disappearing from our cultures because of technology and because of, you know, basically people getting lazy and people um, succumbing to the comforts, huh, right? Well, as human beings, we find something that makes us uncomfortable and we try to fix it. You know, if you're cold, put a jacket on. If you're still cold, let's put heat in the building. So like, we continue to do all of these things to rid ourselves and so that we don't have to be uncomfortable. But being uncomfortable is an area where you learn to grow and you learn to um, thrive. In my opinion, that is one of the things that I see lacking in our societies and our cultures the most is that people don't have challenge and adversity, so they're not self-confident and they're not Mm self-reliant at all case in point yesterday, a young lady knocks on the door. She's looking for my stepdad. She lives next door to him. I'm like, well, you know, what's up? What can I help you with? And she's like, I think my car battery's dead. I'm like, okay, well, you know, young lady, cool. Now I open the door and I look outside. There's three male individuals standing outside, maybe the ages of like 18 to 22. And then there's two other young ladies. And I looked at the guys and I was like, how old are y'all? And they told me those ages. And I was like, none of y'all know how to jump start a car. And they were like, no. And then one kid tries to get like smart. And he asked me, he's like, but do you know how to build a computer? And I was like, no, I teach people how to survive in the woods. They They had no self-reliance. They had no craftsmanship. They could have used their phones to Google how to find out where the battery was in the Volvo, and they could have watched a YouTube video, but they didn't have any self-reliance.
1: We did an episode way back when we first started this podcast, one of uh, Sensei Hoover's really good students. He's a great kid. He came to Sensei Hoover and said, listen, you know, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate what you've done for me in my life. I'm a gamer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sensei Hoover said, what do you mean a gamer? And, uh, <laughs> you know, he said, I don't, it, it's just what I know. It's my generation. It's all I do. Yeah. But prior to this, I didn't do anything with my hands. Nothing hands on, nothing mm-hmm. tactical and nothing um, more you know, sensory where you're feeling, touching, doing things. He's a great kid. It's just, again, partially society, partially the generation, but exactly what you're talking about. Not due to any fault of his own, per se. It's just yeah. not abundantly taught
2: these days. I think everything's padded. It's almost like padded and band-aided, padded, and even conversation. Like, this is a very unique, very unique conversation we're having right now. And Yeah, I just met you like five minutes ago. Yeah, and I think things are just puffed up and padded, and it's very hard to get
0: real. Well, that goes into interpersonal skills. So that's another thing that we work on at Outward Bound is that kids don't have interpersonal skills. No, no. The first three days, so the courses are anywhere from 14 days to 28 days, and then you have semester courses that are 72 days. And these are all in the wilderness. There's no cell phones. There's no drugs. There's no alcohol. There's nothing. And you know, you resupply your food every seven days on average. For the first three days, the things that you typically see with the younger kids is almost like, and I'm going to be cautious when I say this, and I don't want anyone to like, jump out of their seats, but it's almost like the initial onset of like withdrawal symptoms. Kids are irritable. They're shy. They're closed off. They're really, um, easily irritated. And it's because they're going through those withdrawals of not having their cell phones. Like they always feel like they're forgetting something. They feel like they're losing something. You could see it in their interaction with each other. It's like really padded, like you just talked Mm -hmm. about. And then after those three days, once they start like forming their crew culture and they start to actually see that like, Oh, we can, I can trust this person. I can relate to this person. They start really talking and both being influenced and being influencers, which is one of the most beautiful things that you start to see that ability to actually have interpersonal dialogue and to be
2: able to grow as individuals together and to have that tribe that you keep talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and you, you go back to the, the thing that attracted me about the martial arts as a kid was looking at these old books and seeing these old masters walking around in bare feet mm-hmm. on dirt roads and hills and mountains and training outside. I mean, the whole thing with a belt. The idea, the concepts of the colored belts came from the color changing naturally by training outside. Going from a, a rope and then eventually as you roll around, you mud, you boom, the colors changed to green to brown and eventually got dirty and black. That was the whole concept of going to black belt. Really? Black is Yeah, and the color black is the fusion of all colors. Mm-hmm. So there's so many symbols, there's so many things that make sense. But the thing is, when you're out there and you're on the mat or wherever you are, outdoor situation and what you do, you're in the elements. I mean, we're in bare feet. We don't wear anything. We've got bare feet. We're in a uniform. Nobody is anything but there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if they're a doctor, carpenter, whatever. They're just there. Their soul is there. Their spirit's there. Their brain is there. It's on. And we're electrified by the energy that flows through all of us. And we're all expressed by our art Mm -hmm. and what we do with our art form of the martial arts. And everybody has a different concept of what there is. But if they're truly true arts, anyone is good, Mm -hmm. especially if it affects the soul. Um, You mentioned about everybody padding. I mean, the first thing we get a little ache or pain, we pop an Advil. Mm -hmm. We pad the feeling. Pain is something that's with us. We've got to get used to what it is and understand it. The only way you can understand it is to feel it Mm and so on. So externally, we do the same thing with the way we touch, the way we feel, the way we talk. And so what it does, it eliminates our ability to get close and understand people and listen to your conversation, and you listening to Steve's and mine so we can understand where we are. Sometimes people never get a chance to do that, and that's a shame. It's a real shame.
1: Anthony, I can't thank you enough, man, for your time today. I appreciate you coming in and doing this. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about it. It just it goes to show you, too, a man that does what he says and says what he does. We talked maybe five, six months ago about this, mm-hmm. and uh, most people would forget it. But out of the blue, he reached out to me and said, hey, listen, I'm going to be back in the Valley. Would you like to get together as we talked about? That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Other people would have forgotten about it. And, uh, hey, anytime you're here in the Valley, you got a home at Hoover Karate, you can come train with us.
2: Yeah, I'm down. uh, Let's get it. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. And, you know, since I said earlier, too, about the agenda, our agenda was to have you on here. It's a gift and to spread Mm -hmm. your word and what your conversation has been about. Is there anything that you'd like to say that would bring us back home to what your purpose is? And you talked about purpose and different ways to get a hold of you. If you want to do that, I don't even know if you do, but is there anything we can do for you?
0: No, I'm, I'm totally good. This is, it's refreshing. You know, it's like so many individuals and often i I find myself kind of hanging out with individuals that are much older than me because I feel like even my generation, you know, people don't talk to each other. You know, you walk by every, that's one thing I love about being on trail is when you're on trail and you're hiking around, anyone you see, it's like a person and you're like, oh man, how are you? How are you doing today? Like I haven't seen anyone in like four days. Mm. Um, so it's just that ability to have conversations. And so like, I value this. It's symbiotic, I'm not just taking energy from you. You're not just taking energy from me. We're sharing it here and in this moment. And it's organic. It's something that is, it's real. So I think that I would just tell people to look for that in life. I think people get way too wrapped into, you know, you go to your nine to five job in order to pay for the house that you live in in the area where the nine to five job is. And then, and you don't have any time to practice any type of passion or purpose in life because maybe you go work for someone that you're not even really passionate about what the company is doing. You're just doing it. Because you have to, because you have to put food on the table. You have to feed your family. But still, you're not practicing any passions in life. You're not following a purpose. So no matter what it is, and I always tell people to like get in touch with their 13-year-old kid inside. Get in touch with your 13-year-old version of yourself. Like For me, I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was a kid. Every time I'm outdoors, I'm digging. I'm like messing around on the ground. I'm like looking for arrowheads. And my girlfriend laughs at me. She's like, you're crazy. Like, you'll just sit on the beach for like ever just looking for shark's teeth. And I'm like, because like inside my head, I'm trying to reconnect with that little kid before the world started imposing its expectations and its judgments and its labels. Before the world told me I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. There was a little kid in my head that was like, you're going to be an archaeologist and then maybe an astronaut. Like on a Tuesday and then a Wednesday.
2: Like obviously it's impossible, but it doesn't matter. I didn't know that as a kid. Well, it doesn't matter. And I think that's going back to my situation when talking about my wife's friend. In that grade school thing and you're hanging out, you don't have a lot of obligations other than, you know, listen, study, which I didn't do a lot of. But I mean, <laughs> for the most part, you got most of the pizza pie. Yeah. Not a lot of pieces were taken out. It's just pretty much you. And then as you get older, you get so full of obligation. Obligation comes, it sneaks in you. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you have no time for yourself yeah. or to become who you really want to be. And before that, life is over. Yep. And it's a shock. If you don't stop and take
0: a second yes. step back and like, because it's weird, right? Like when you're young, before all those things that I talked about happen and, and before what you just said happens and you get all the obligations, you're spiritually aware in a weird oh, way. Absolutely. And then you get like consciously aware when you're older, like you start to see the world and you see how it is and maybe you don't even like how it is, but then you just buy into it. Well, you and do. I don't know why you buy into it. Yeah. Like don't buy into it.
2: I, I just think it's kind of, you know, that voice we talked about, you know, my grandmother told me about that mm. uh, and they've heard so many. The, the devil on the right and the angel mm-hmm. on the left and if you start hearing one too much it crowds yeah. the other one out and Steve what's your take on it do we talk too much here are we going? No pleasant? man this
1: is good stuff you know what this is I feel like this was uh, I'm being selfish this was for me this is why I brought him in just to get this whole thing going here this whole conversation like you said this is uh, symbiotic and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's good for you but this is therapeutic for me and this is what you have to actively strive to do is bring people of like minds together because that nurtures and cultivates that like mindset, you know, and this is how you combat negativity and deal with adversity by sticking together and building all this good, positive energy. Outward Bound, it's outwardbound.org, correct? For those that are interested in doing the expeditions and that sort of thing. And listen, I know you're not looking for anything, but you're being too modest. If people want to get a hold of you, you're all over social media, right? Mm -hmm. Anthony Droz, it's D-R-O-Z, because he's out there on the speaking circuit and spreading all this good stuff, all this love and all this messages and we'll have that in the show notes too for this episode
2: isn't it great though you know when you find your purpose and you feel it, it starts out with a little match a little kindle and then next thing you know you'd say wow what was that yeah. and then you breathe some wind on it and it all of a sudden turns into a flame and then you have no choice you yeah, have no choice but you but got to follow. keep it going. It's just, it you is do. just. I like
0: that you use the analogy of a fire because I don't make fires anymore. With I refuse to use lighters. Ooh. I don't use any accelerants. Everything that I do is I'll flint strike at the bare minimum is what I use, and so it's like you have to continually keep that fire. You have to. I love doing fire challenges where like it'll be raining. And I'll try to see how long I could keep a fire going for, and you learn how hard it is to work for. It. Keeping a fire going is symbiotic to trying to continually pursue your purpose. Mm -hmm. Like every day when I'm in the shower, it's a weird spot to meditate. But when I'm in the shower, I have a meditation moment. It's just like two minutes where I just shut down everything around me. Nothing matters. All that is in my head. I literally ask myself, what is your passion? What is your purpose? As the water hits me, I focus on the drops coming down on my head and that's it. Drops coming down on my head are what's meant to keep me in that moment, right? Because I can feel it continually. So as long as I focus on that, nothing else is going to get in. You know, what's going on outside isn't going to get in you know what's in the news isn't gonna get in nothing all that's being reverberated in my brain is what is your passion what is your purpose what is your passion what is your purpose and I just let it go over and over and
2: over and over and over until I turn the water off and then I go take on the day that's a cool thing and again another thing about fire something similar you and I both share which I just learned actually I build fires in my house not to burn my house down (laughs) but to keep the house warm I cut my own wood nice I harvest all the wood I wait three years and I do a quarter or two every year, right? So I was always taught the more the better, especially with kindling. So I would come in with paper, a lot of paper, and a lot of kindling mm-hmm. wood, and then just recently I've been experiencing what causes a fire and what works with it. Obviously, you mm-hmm. need draft and wind, but it's the least amount of kindling. yeah, and a little wood. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit. And so I think to take that, and carry that to a lot of situations with a lot of people. They see something, and they want to get there right away. Yeah. you got to do little steps first, yeah. man, to build a great fire. you got to start small. You can't just crumble a bunch of wood together and paper mm-hmm. together and think it's just going to flame up to have this best fire. It doesn't happen that way. It's like one pine needle at a time, one day at a time. It's just, one it's day like at a time, one, one day, little kindling, little pieces. It's not a big, big forest of wood at one time. doesn't happen. You'll smother it. Smother it. And to end on that, your idea of the concepts of recognizing your purpose means it doesn't always just rain over your head, as you say. Mm-hmm. You got to look for that every day. You got to open up that window and take a full sip of air every day and say, okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm ready to rock and roll. And that is so true because it just doesn't engage you you've got to engage it you've got to ask for it every day 100% Yeah. thank you man this has been good stuff
0: Anthony Droz
1: man thank you for being here
0: it's very cool very awesome of you guys to be doing this for for people everywhere Um, I think it's really important for this transference piece of life it's very important for you to pass it on and so especially having other individuals come in and And be able to have that symbiotic talk is really nice. So I appreciate
2: y'all. I I mean, you did it. This is a gift for us. Steve and I both appreciate it. We're going to pass it on. As powerful as this show is and as it grows, I'm sure this is going to be a very popular one. Thank you for being here. Yeah. 100% thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com this has been a Steve
1: Mittins social media creation, creation. Steve mitman socialmedia.com